Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil and my guest today is Thomas Gentle. He's the CEO and founder of Shot Call. Shot Call is this really, really interesting way of being able to play video games and stream with some of your favorite influencers, entertainers, gamers, and athletes. Um, I think the idea is incredible. I think it could be absolutely huge and I can't wait to say I remember when because I think this thing's going to blow up. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Thomas Gentle. Today, I'm for the love of sports. I have Thomas Gentle, CEO and founder of Shot Call. Thomas, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm just uh, out here uh, in Seattle, trapped in a basement of an Airbnb trying to survive the chaos. You? Well, wherever you are, it looks gorgeous. Let me just start there. Um, but yeah, man, I I'm, appreciate it. I'm, I'm in the suburbs of New Jersey. So uh, I already went on my mile and a half walk today. So I'm very, very grateful. I still get the opportunity to go outside and see that sunlight every once in a while. But um, yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, you know, Seattle kind of almost like started this whole thing, I feel like, because that's where it started to get crazy first. Yeah. Um, now I think New Jersey, New York area, which is where I am, um, about, about, about an hour outside of the city. So where it kind of gets a little crazy. So hopefully everyone stays safe, oh, yeah. everyone stays sane, and everyone stays healthy. That's all we can ask for, right? Yeah, man. That's all we can ask for. We don't need to talk too much more about that because, I mean, <laughs> hopefully by the time this airs in a couple of weeks, all this will be over and we don't have anything to worry about. Oh, I want to talk about you. Sure. I want to talk about what you've been rocking and rolling with. Positivity, <laughs> yeah. man. We're spreading positivity. Come on. Sure. So, Tom, Thomas, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Oh, uh, I grew up uh, – and a culmination of two kinds of fields I grew up like, and you'll we'll begin to pick up on it more as we talk, but I have a stutter and used to be a whole lot worse. Uh, I grew up in either online and in, in games, uh, but I also did a whole lot of sports uh, growing up. So team oriented activities were really my jam. So I grew up, uh, playing a lot of baseball. I swam a ton and wrestling was my thing. So really, yeah. I would not have guessed wrestling. Um, baseball is my yeah. favorite thing on planet earth. Uh, don't yeah. tell my girlfriend. So I'm, I'm all about that. And she was actually a really big swimmer. She swam since she was like, I don't know, like 12 or something. Don't quote me. on yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Wrestling. I did wrestling one year in second grade. Um, yeah. and I sucked and I was just like, I don't want to like get taken down constantly and like kind of have my head pushed into a mat like that's not me and you know hey call seven-year-old michael wimp it is what it is uh i made it this far and so did you you're you know you're, you're yep. the honor of coming on this show as as you said at three o'clock in the afternoon on a seattle tuesday so really do appreciate your time today man um of and I, I think that's great as you said you know kind of grew up online you kind of grew up in the combination of those things and with online games and online sports and we'll obviously get to shot call in a second like it's a very weird like it is kind of like baseball when you think about it there's a team aspect it's very much a team but at the same time yeah. it's also super individual 
Did you kind of grasp that concept from the beginning or was that something that kind of just like you realized over time? Like, okay, I like, I like the team aspect, but also the individuality, same thing with swimming, like oh, a yeah. relay, right? Is multiple people. So. Well, I, th- I think the thing that stood out to me the most about like uh, gaming uh, compared to like sports and you have like all kind of colloquials and buzzwords like esports that um, it's there. And I think we're beginning to, 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 to cross past that uh, stigma of like esports is not a, or a hail sports. And it's going to have to do more with, um, is it as laborious of a physical activity to be classified as a sport? Whereas I think it would be better understood. Is it team oriented? Uh, how much time and at time and effort does it take to get to the top? Uh, how well respected and understood is it as an industry? Because like, it, even if you step outside of, of America, uh, like, you know, the most prominent sports here in the States is uh, football and baseball, right? You, you, you leave. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. So uh, the thing that is interesting about the vibe of like, gaming as a sport and the like is that uh it's more approachable right regardless of who you are and where you are in the world but the requirements are still the same you must Mm -hmm. be good on a team you must be able to dedicate an absurd amount of time um and gaming is cool because unlike most other sports that require some kind of a field require some kind of capital amount to get it spun up to get into gaming all you really need is access to the internet um, which means that you can build a team with people all around the world and that's a cool kind of a concept I do I do really like that concept and I think it's kind of interesting you know I've had some incredible people on this show that I've become friends with in the the esports and the gaming space that I always I always really enjoy talking to them about it because it's something I really don't know that much about you know I played you know oh, the Final Fantasy remix coming out Final Fantasy 7 that was my favorite game yeah, growing dude. up hands down I don't own a PS4 so I'm not going to get it and I really don't feel like spending hundreds of dollars but well, it's, it's just going to come on to the uh, PC in, in like a year if you can be super patient I will I'm I will I promise you I'm not spending four or five hundred dollars on a PlayStation. So that is really my only option at this point. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of you know, that's those are the types of games you know I grew up playing a lot of that. You know, I've logged my hundred and fifty, you know, prerequisite hours in Skyrim. Like we've done all that stuff. So I, oh, yeah. I, I love those kind of individual games more. I never I was terrible at first person shooters, like I'm just so bad at them. So I never really played anything online, really. I kind of always did something, you know, the things by myself. So the, the gaming and the esports space is really, really interesting to me because I am so curious about it and just have so many questions. And I think, you know, you bring up a couple points, like the opportunity, you know, this this e- esports gaming kind of grew up on the internet and everyone can be on the internet. As you said, you could talk to people in South America, Asia and Europe, literally okay. all at the same time, which is you're really not going to get that in any other sport, which I think is really cool. And I think, you know, with that opportunity, the team aspect becomes almost even more integral, right? The team aspect yes. becomes even more important because now you have to communicate with people that really don't speak your language or they do speak your language and poorly. Oh, um, and I think like that aspect of it is so interesting from the mental side, because yes, let's be yeah. honest, there is a physical side to esports and gaming, but it's not anything close no, to in I mean, my like, opinion at least like no like dude like you you don't need to be the most 
jacked dude or they yeah. you know you're Play linebacker or something right no, yeah, exactly. hell no right but like uh i mean a good example of what you just talked about was like i used to play a whole lot of a league of legends and uh i have have, have not in a while i'm i'm too a bit too busy unfortunately to play a lot of games that i i love but and i did play league ranked uh me and a few of my buddies like we switched over to the uh latin america server and i i get a lot of crap for that because i'm there to like say it's a little bit easier over there to get to the high high rank but then near the end of the season everyone realized that by the end of the season it was not easy it was just as hard but I digress, but when I was on that server, like the majority of my friends and my teammates who I, you know, uh, gathered along the way to climb the ranks, they were in either Brazil or also in in Venezuela, and they could speak a, a, a enough English to where we could, you know, form a bond. But like, I got to know a few of them, and it was wild because, like, you know. Uh, at the time, uh, Venezuela was not doing great and mm -hmm. inflation was at an all time high. So like they would, you know, I would hear stories from my friends how like, you know, they have like piles of money to, to go and buy bread. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they're in a whole different world from me. And yet we're able to on in a game on a on like a a virtual field we are equals mm -hmm. and we're able to connect and i thought that i don't know i i yeah. i thought that i thought that that was exceptionally cool it is i mean it's it's really interesting when you can kind of as you say you know everyone is an equal and and if not like maybe some of them were better than you right but oh, dude. they're they're going through <laughs> no you doubt. know this this entire you know thing that you know we you know here in the united states obviously very united states centric we have enough stuff going on here but you know very few people really know what's going on around the world right so actually oh. hearing it from people that are going through it and not hearing it through the the six minute segment on the nightly news about oh, Venezuela is not doing great. Like actually hearing about what they're going through, I think is much more impactful from a cultural standpoint as well, oh, which yeah. I think is really cool. And I think that's where gaming and esports can really, really start to affect people because I know, you know, there's a couple topics I want to talk about before you even get into shot call, just to kind of talk about the industry a little bit more. And, yeah. you know, one, one question I always have for people who are in this space is what is your definition of gaming versus esports? Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> so, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, that's a good uh, question. Uh, and it's total, totally subjective. And the reason, I apologize, I don't, I don't no, want to no, cut yeah. you off. The reason why I ask that, though, is because I didn't know, like, there was sure. really a difference. I thought they were almost synonymous. Like, I didn't know no. exactly that, you know, what Ninja's doing on a nightly basis, that's not esports. Like, I just kind of assumed uh, it was nope. all lumped in. So I always love to ask that question. As you said, it is subjective because I've gotten different yep. answers along the way, but they all kind of are in the same yeah. place. So I apologize for cutting you off, but that was my reason. No, no, sure. So uh, I'll start really simple and then I'll, I'll dive a little bit to deeper. Gaming is for fun. Esports is for a competition. Cool. Easy. So, there, there we yeah. go. Easy. And if you break it down, break it down more. If I'm gonna play uh, like uh, the 
if I'm going to play the remake of Final Fantasy VII, if I'm at home, if I'm on my couch, I am strictly gaming. Even if I stream it, I am gaming, but I'm also now a streamer or a content creator or an influencer or what have you. Now, Final Fantasy is a single-player game, so it's not going to be like a team-based uh, uh, compet- competitive in, mm-hmm. in that sense, but maybe I want to speedrun it. Maybe I want to take it really seriously. Maybe I want to see how fast I can beat this game and put myself on a, like a recognized uh, mm-hmm. leaderboard. Now it's esports. Mm-hmm. Now that's how that's when that to get involved. When you put some kind of a formal structure uh, in a way that it becomes competitive, and you can take it to its ultimate conclusion, where you have a a a backed team, and you have all kinds of brand sponsors, and you're on this 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 stage, and you have uh, announcers and blah blah. It's still the same thing. You mm-hmm. are taking it to a competitive scene. So uh, you have all of gaming, and inside of gaming are all these little sub-segments, and one of them is esports. Mm-hmm. Cool? Very cool. I love it. And, and just to kind of go off that topic then, you know, I appreciate yep. using the Final Fantasy uh, version too because, I don't know, man, I've gotten Knights of the Round Table. Let's see if I can do it again in a year when it comes back out but, um, or right. when I'm at least able to get it. But um, no, and I think, you know, even with that, like with esports and gaming growing up, as we've said, on the internet, I'm curious, you know, you being in the industry, and I apologize for not kind of, you know, proofing you before or really giving you this information. It's just kind of something that came to my head is sure. with like the – the Call of Duty League, and I'm pretty sure the League of Legends League, the ones that are kind of city-based. How do you feel about that? And how do you feel about, I mean, I've heard good things, I've heard bad things, and I've heard it's going better (laughs) than some of the people that thought it was going to be really bad. And it's like a really interesting concept because, you know, normal traditional sports are all city-based. I root for the Giants and the Mets because I'm really close to New York City. Would have been cool if I rooted for the Yankees, but this is the the deal I made with the devil, I guess. So, you know, there's that aspect of it. But with, again, with the growing up on the internet and with, you know, FaZe Clan being located, you know, their house is in LA, but everyone's somewhere else. And, you know, all these teams all over the country, all over the world, you don't really have to have a home team. You just, you like the personalities and the people. So I'm just kind of curious from your standpoint, how do you feel about these like city-based leagues? And do you see there's like a spot for them? Do you see they'll overtake? What what is your, what's your opinion on them? Uh, My opinion is that it's, like, uh, I think it's, it's amply on effect of gaming, as you said, being accessible to everyone all, all over the place where you aren't restricted to a particular geographical kind of an area. And if you mm-hmm. look into why these city teams are popping up, it's because the same way that, you know, sports teams like legacy sports and franchises pop up they pop up as an effect they require some kind of a physical location therefore they get some kind of a credit typically a grant or a tax credit or some uh fiscal incentive from the city or the state or blah blah because they are going to 
build up a huge a huge stadium and that attracts mm. all kinds of tourists and complimentary um, interactions for food and merchandise and ticket sales and parking, just all this cool stuff. And sure, why not do the same thing for esports? Uh, esports is always going to be online. So you are always going to have your phase clan. You're always going to have your cloud nine, your soar, your team liquid rogue, a uh, hundred thieves. Like just go down, down the list. You're always going to have groups that can be anywhere because that is the nature of esports. I, I love seeing more uh, city based or geographical uh, based esports teams because that to me is an indication that this industry is really beginning to be taken seriously because now you're going to start to see legacy brands and models who see holy crap, this whole industry can really drive a lot of people. And the stigma of what is a gamer is not just some, you know, some bloated neat mm -hmm. in his, in his parents' basement. It can be anyone. And they can show up to a stadium and sell seats. So I think it's great. I think I, I, I don't know if I have an opinion of like which – of the two sides are really going to take over. I think it's more of an indication that this industry is really being taken with sincerity. And that's, that's a really interesting way to think about it. Um, the, the other gentleman I, I had on, I don't think we, we spoke about that aspect of it, but I do think it makes sense from, as you said, the legacy brand perspective, from the perspective that, you know, this is something just a little bit more, let's go with, you know, air quotes around normal that the cities and the states and the people can understand a little bit about. If there is a team put in, you know, New York City, probably a good chance I'm going to root for them over anybody else because I don't right. know enough of the personalities, right? So I think it's like someone for me who, and I'm kind of on the fringe and I've only really been watching a little bit of anything because I downloaded and installed Twitch on my phone and I needed something to watch. So I just watch people <laughs> play video games now, yeah. but you know, it's just one of those things where if I don't, I'm not, I haven't fallen in love with any of the personalities on, from some of these bigger teams. So if I'm going to jump into it, if I'm going to go to a, an event, it's probably going to be a local event. And that's how you that's kind right. of, that's how I got, became fan of the giants, right? I went to a giants game. I was like, this is cool. And they're close. Awesome. Can't wait. Yep. And I mean, like, it's why like, uh, uh, it, I mean, like, if you could imagine if we never really had any legacy sports, or at least they weren't tied to a particular kind of an area, do you think your camaraderie, do you think your bond would be as strong? Probably not. Probably not. Pro nope. So it makes sense. And I mean, like, if you look at the data and like how, uh, how cities and states like they they bring in more people to move there and bring in more small businesses and all sorts of stuff it's all built around how do we drive that this is the city this mm -hmm. is the, the best place so you're going to have to have specific ties to that place and and a good example of that is sports and now it's also esports mm -hmm. But to the the opposite of that, so I am a uh, I'm a 
LeBron James fan. I could not care less what team he's on. I like LeBron James, the person and who he is. And I think this is, man, call me professional because I think this is an incredible segue into what you guys do. I do think with what Shot Call does and the opportunity, you're laughing, but I think that was incredible. That might be my best segue ever. It was clean, it was clean, man. Let let me just say that. That, This might be my best segue ever. And and to, to that point, you know, I think, there's more of a connection with the personalities on a lot of teams yes. than, you know, in certain cases, in certain cases, not more times, but in certain cases, there's more connection to the personality of a specific player than uh, the team yeah. itself. You know, just 100%. as an example, you know, you and I were speaking about Tom Brady, which I'd love to again a little bit. You know, I hate the Patriots. I hate Tom Brady, That's fair. but yeah. I'm sure a lot of Patriots fans are kind of going to be rooting for Tom Brady on the Buccaneers because it's like, Oh, like I've, right. I've loved Tom Brady for the last 20 years. Like I don't have anything against the bucks. I want him to win too. Now, if it's a super bowl, I kind of want to see the bucks versus the Patriots. Cause I'm curious yep. what those fans do. Were you a fan of the Patriots or all those 18 year old kids that know nothing other than Tom Brady being the quarterback? Are they a Tom Brady fan? Now I'm kind of exactly. curious. And, and again, what, what you guys do at Shot Call, which I will let you explain because I don't want to butcher it. I think that's kind of that middle ground where people can fall in love with the personalities and the, fa- and, and the influencers, the entertainers, and the, the, the sports athletes, the, the normal athletes, and not have to be tied to that city. You know, you, I can't yep. fall in love with a LeBron James and, okay, he's in Cleveland. Cool, I'm rooting for Cleveland. Oh, he's in Miami? All right, I'll root for Miami. He's in LA. Well, I'm not going to watch any of the games because I'm not going to stay up late, but like that'd be cool if they won. I'd be down. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do at Shot Call and, and how what I said actually makes sense. Yeah, sure. So uh, we are a company going through a tech stars out here in AAN Seattle. Uh, and the easiest way you can think about us is like uh, an engagement platform. Uh, between uh, fans and influencers, but I like the word that you used, uh, personalities, Mm -hmm. because I know that the word influencers, especially on, depending on who is calling an influencer an influencer, can leave a bad taste in a person's mouth. So we'll go with personalities. Uh, It's a marketplace where fans can play games with their favorite personalities. Uh, a good kind of comparison is uh, we are the cameo of gaming. That's how you can view it. Uh, and I really like how you describe, like, you, you're, you're, you're more of a LeBron James fan or you're more of a, a, Michael, a Michael Jordan fan or whoever than the specific team that they, uh, that they rep. And uh, especially in the world of gaming and content creators and streamers and esports players, which all fall under this very broad and, and vapid term, influencer, they, they grew up online. They grew up on YouTube where their audience always had a one to many kind of a connection. So like you formed a more intimate relationship who had the individual whereas legacy sports you didn't have that they didn't grow up on youtube they grew up on cable and all you usually got was just a team and it's only been recently with uh the internet and social media and growing up in that world that people have become more intimate with the individuals and you're going to see a breakaway between just the team and the facets, the, the individuals of the team that really have a standout personality 
and you were like, that guy's an asshole. I love that. Or something like that. Um, and it stand and it stands out, but that's more new to mm -hmm. the world of legacy sports. Whereas for the world of gaming content creators and esports and YouTube, that was the norm from the start. That has always been the case on Vine and Instagram and Snapchat and all this shit now. So um, now you're beginning to see like a blend. Um, and we see gaming as the ideal way where you can uh, engage. Like that's the next kind of a evolution in making that connection mm -hmm. where up until now, like, even you and I uh, are right now are having a more intimate engagement than anyone else who's ultimately going to uh, hear or watch this, this podcast, right? Because you and I get to pick each other's brains. I can see mm -hmm. your face. Uh, most people don't get that. If you had a chance to have this with a LeBron James, you would probably really, really enjoy that. Absolutely. And if I'd pay a lot of money for that too. Absolutely. And if you were a, a gamer and assuming that he is, I'm pretty sure he is, then you could take that to a whole a whole new step where not only are you gonna be able to talk to each to each other you're actually going to get that same kind of teamwork. You're mm -hmm. going to get that quick feeling of camaraderie where you actually get to engage either side by side or a toe to toe. Um, and we haven't really ever had that. Uh, if you yeah. go to, if you go to like to YouTube or Twitch or a Twitter or blah, 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 you can like, you can follow, you can chat and comment, but it's all very, on the surface mm -hmm. and it's weird because gaming allows us to engage however you want on your own terms regardless of who you are and where you are from so mm -hmm. exactly like what you said your story from uh the the people you're playing you know legal license with in, in venezuela like yeah you're all in the same you're all in the same place you're all you know you're all doing the same thing just kind of in all different places around the world no matter where you're from you have access to the internet you're capable of playing this video game so as you said you know we're kind of all equals at that point point. and so essentially you you guys again you know we have influencers entertainers personalities athletes esports athletes gamers you guys have put together this marketplace where I or my friends, or maybe I would buy it for my friends, and I'd say, "Hey, like, you want to play with person X?" Now that can be a Tom Brady, that can be a I don't know, name Doctor Lupo. I know he's a person. Yeah, I don't there know you much go. About him, but you know, I yeah, know yeah. that Ninja's too easy. I try. I can't say Ninja. Anymore. It's like too easy, almost. You know. Um, yeah. Right. Right. But you know, and then even you see like a lot with the NBA 2K League, a lot of you know, again, these, these Instagram influencers, the internet influencers and these personalities, like, so you guys have put together and compiled a list, I assume, or, or have created contracts where it's, it, is it, how does it exactly work? Like, is it by rate? Is it by game? Is it by, you know, how, sure. how have you guys put this together where it's, it's everybody is happy. You guys, the person playing, you know, getting to play with their favorite influencer or personality as well as that, that, that person themselves. Yep. So, uh, we're still in, in the beta, so we are early. And it's not like if you go to our site, you'll see a Lupo, but we are in the process mm -hmm. of getting there, right? <laughs> but 
the I, I idea is that uh, this kind of a marketplace has to have like two very different kinds of interactions to where it has to be easy for the fan, but also easy for the mm. influencer to take full control. So um, one, like just like a cameo, uh, you'll have, you know, he'll get to doc Dr. Lupo. He shows the games daddy plays, his price point that he has set to play a game. In this particular game, you can see his availability. And you're like, boom, I want that. Can I buy more than one game? Cool. And we exchange the IGN. You get into a chat. You can hook up your Twitch. You agree to his uh, rules of engagement because you could be on his stream and in front of the public eye and therefore mm -hmm. associated to his brand. So make sure that you don't lose your shit, right? <laughs> but it could be very, very cool. But it also has to ensure that it's well-structured because you are going to be having like an intimate degree of quick burst interaction with one of your favorite personalities. And therefore, that kind of interaction has to be secure. Um, and then on the influencer side, especially if you're already like a streamer or an esports team or a content creator, you're used to driving like creative activations and interactions with your fans and community. So not only do they have their very, their very basic storefront where I play, I play these games, it costs blah, blah, blah to, to grab my availability, but also I, as a content creator, an influencer, a gamer, whoever, I can come and set up the details of a session, which is essentially the, the details of a, a live event where I have more control over a structure where I can be like, uh, this Friday from noon to five, I'm going to spin up a queue line on shot call. And uh, it's going to cost uh, a few bucks to just hop in line and I'm going to, uh, and I'm going to play smash bros and it's going to be one-on-one -on -one with as many of you as I can possibly get, possibly get through just hop in line, flood it and let's go ham. Uh, and shot call allows you to do that. Uh, or let's say you want to structure it as an auction because uh, you know, you, you, you were like, I am a a lebron james or i am a dr lupo and i'm gonna I'm, and uh i'm going to have all of this uh income go to a charity of my choice and i'm only going to play with a handful of people all day on friday and therefore it's an auction for like four slots mm -hmm. and boom you can do that so so, so, so shot call is really like a two-sided marketplace with a very basic kind of like a storefront mm -hmm. structure, but it also acknowledges that influencers in the world of esports and gaming and streaming and, and YouTube, they're going to want like some kind of structure to say, mm -hmm. if I'm going to start to open the floodgates to my fans, I want to see like how creative I can get. And so we have built both.
Cool. I love that, man. I think it's, you know, giving, giving enough, but you, you know, you obviously you have to have some structure, but you can't be too, yeah. too rigid because certain people are going to be like, no, I don't want to do it like that. I want to do it like this. And I just think exactly. that the, the opportunities that, you know, come for this, I mean, this is like the experience of a lifetime for certain people out there. Like, and that's yep. not even a question. Like there are people that watch these guys and girls stream hours upon hours upon hours every day and shout out to them if that's what they love i've watched enough baseball i cannot i cannot judge anybody man like i can't judge a single soul but (laughs) you know it's just one of those things where like if someone told me hey do you like want to pay a couple bucks it'll go to auction or go to charity and you can hang out on the field with you know david wright and you know throw a baseball oh. around with them. He'll pitch you some batting practice and you guys watch a game together. Like that is an experience of a lifetime. And you're giving that to so many kids, so many people out there that yep. want to play with these guys so bad that will just do whatever it takes. And just exactly. giving them that opportunity will be so cool and, you know, fulfilling for both sides. I think from yes. the, the person buying that experience, it's incredible. You know, this is something, again, like it's a once in a lifetime experience that they can do a couple times in a night, right? Like that part's really cool. It, d- depending yep. on, of course, the, you know, the person I'm assuming, uh, right? But um, on the other side, on the streamer, the gamer, the personality, the content creator side, that is like, there are the level of engagement you are getting. While it is a one-on-one level, it is deepening those relationships so much. And it's also, you know, that kid is going to go back to school or that person's going to go tell all their friends what they just did. That. That's going to get all their friends to like that guy even more. <laughs> that. And it's like so not like, even a question. No. So like that's what we have found too. And you have to be able to, to make it worthwhile for the influencer. And unfortunately, like this set dichotomy has, has been, uh, you know, they, you know, a streamer or a, uh, an influencer, a creator will look at their fan base and the larger their fan base gets, the more detached they mm-hmm. are from their fans. Like, I can't tell you how many thousands of surveys and, and interviews we have conducted. And no matter who you ask, when, like, you can ask, like, a kid or a viewer or a fan, whoever, like, who's your favorite influencer? They aren't always, like, huge whales. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that is pretty consistent especially when you do get to to the whales like you ask what's your biggest issue with them uh they usually say something along the lines of they don't feel human um they don't feel real i don't feel like they care about me Mm -hmm. like i could stop and who cares and it's like yeah that makes sense because you are one in an ocean Mm-hmm. And yet that influencer means a lot to that fan. Yeah. And um, if you can, you know, make that interaction secure uh, and protected, and if you can make it worth a while of the influencer, I bet you'll see it go a, lo- a long way. I mean, like you talk to any kind of an influencer or creator, hell, like even musicians and athletes and celebrities their whole brand, their whole worth is driven by how engaged are my fans around the world? How much do they care about me? If I'm an actor, the only reason, well, not the only reason, but a major reason why I get signed to a particular show is because the, the studio and the producers, they know that by atta- attaching the name Brad Pitt, 
to, to our film, everyone knows Brad Pitt, everyone likes Brad Pitt, it's likability. Do your fans give a shit about you? And therefore, do you give a shit about your fans? Um, and what I have found is like, even in our alpha testing, like on a small scale, small streamers and creators who have used Shot Call to play alongside their fans, their views and their concurrent views have more than a doubled. And what, what do you mean that, by concurrent views? What is what are if you're views? if you are live streaming, if you're on Twitch, then it's concurrent views. How many people are okay. currently viewing you in that exact moment? Cool. Thank you. And on and on average, their concurrent viewers double, and that's because they're actually engaging alongside their fans, so they care and, more. And, and I'm you assuming. Know, their fans are saying, guys, I'm playing right now with this. Everybody yes. come watch, right? Yes. They're then blasting yes. that out to their social media. 100%. Which, yep, 100%. Which, which is astounding because if you talk to any kind of, kind of a streamer, any kind of a creator or influencer, and they're, they, the team or agency that represents them, you tell them that, what that translates into is you have doubled their market worth. Because how they bring in the vast, vast majority of their income is ads and sponsors who only care about how, how are your views? How's mm -hmm. your engagement? So basically, play alongside your fans. Do it through shot calls so that it's structured, efficient, and you're, all, and you're going to, to get paid more from your fans. And organically, your engagement is going to increase. So as a brand your worth increases and you're all the while you're giving your fans everything that they want. This should be across the board, a win for everyone. A hundred percent. I mean, you're helping, you're, you're engaging the fans more. As you said, you're the streamer is now able to monetize the fan base in some way, shape or form. So they're, they're getting paid more, but not only that, they're doubling their concurrent views as you explained before. So now they're getting paid more by brands who are happier because there's more people that are engaged and it's, it's in an, yep. it's in an authentic way too, right? It's not yes. just like going to buy people. It's not just blasting ads out there. It's I'm nope. playing with my fans. As you said, you know, we'll, we'll set up a, we'll set up a queue and I'll try and get through as many people as I can in four hours. And now all of those people, literally every single one of them will go to their friends. Okay. 95% of them will go to their friends. will go to their <laughs> social media and be like, I'm in this queue. You know, let's see if I can take this guy down. I don't know anybody that plays super smash brothers. Let's see if I can take this guy down and super smash. And yeah. Okay. Well, good point. Good point. But um, you know, it's like, like, let's see if that can happen. And all of these people are then going to, you know, they're going to go and see their friend, but they're also probably going to stick around a little bit longer than that. Right. It's not like yep. they're just going to wait for their friend to go and be like, okay, that was fun. They're probably going to stick around a little bit longer Then maybe they Hell like the yeah. guy's personality. And that's just kind of how authentically a, a fan base can get, you know, grown, can grow in a pretty significant way. And then also another cool part that you brought up before was you might be on their stream. Yep. You as the fan might be on their, you know, that like that is just such a cool outside of telling all your friends and being like, hey guys, look, I'm going to do this. It's, you know, the fact that all these other people that aren't your friends are now seeing who you are and what you're doing. Oh, so yeah. Think well, that it's like, I mean, the thing about Cameo is that uh, it works because you get to take that, you know, that that recorded soundbite and go show a handful of your friends. But it's the same thing here on a bigger scale. 
you're going to have to be on a stream and or you're going to be on a a a youtube video and that's going to be viewed by tens hundreds thousands millions of people and that's going to and that's going to get shared on twitter it's going to be broken down into highlight clips and gifs like like this is taking it to a whole new mm -hmm. place Yep. And I think that part's cool. And, you know, we're kind of speaking about it from the content creator standpoint, but as we said before, like, you know, again, with, with everyone being in quarantine, I've watched some of the, um, the NBA did the, the 2k league, yeah. the players league. Right. And now I'm watching yeah. the MLB do the, uh, the players, you know, playing each other in the show. And now that now expands the MLB's brand because they're getting into the gaming space. You're expanding the, the game's yep. brand because you're getting into the MLB space. I have never watched a person play MLB the show until I said, Oh wow, that's kind of cool. All these baseball players that I know and like are playing against each other and they're just yeah. bullshitting and they're just talking and they're chatting and they're playing this game. And I want to watch that. So yep. now throw on top of it, I can go play with those guys, right? Like now Hell I can yeah. meet my favorite baseball players playing a game of baseball, getting to talk about baseball still through this platform and through this marketplace that you guys have created where it's not going to cost me, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, as we said before, <laughs> where I go to the game yeah. with David Wright and play on the field. So it's not exactly the same thing, but there's still that experience that someone like myself who doesn't really play video games, that doesn't really you know, live in this content creation culture and this gaming culture, I can yep. still take advantage of it. And then yep. maybe it sucks me in. And now maybe I'm a part of that now. You know, I think yeah. just from what you guys have been able to create and how you've been able to create it, I think it is such a cool concept that, you know, if, if you guys don't make hundreds of millions of dollars, man, you did something wrong. I no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, I think it's a really cool concept. And I really, you know, I'm, I'm excited to say I remember when. Let me just say that. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And so like, talk a little bit more about that side of it, like the athlete side and the entertainer side and like these, you know, actors, oh. you know, a lot of the former athletes that now are really into 2k or even current athletes. Like we saw Devin I, Booker. I, I think, mean, you like know, uh, the, I think athletes have been getting involved in gaming and esports before any other kind of a celebrity. Like you can look at a streamer like uh, Trevor May, right. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he was in an, article in the uh, ESPN like a couple of days ago talking about how gaming is perfect because it can bring together uh, MLB guys and the fans and I am I'm hating it and I'm like yeah yeah no kidding again <laughs> and uh, and then like you have um I mean, like, you even have the uh, story of like how a ninja like first like blew up uh, he got a couple of 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 celebrities to play uh, Fortnite I think alongside Drake, right? Drake was one of the like Drake, Drake and somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. And and uh, you know like and Twitch like crashed. Shit. And I mean like and that should have been like a big eye opener, and it was for a handful of people to to realize like I've been putting years of effort into grassroots trying to build up a fan base when I can hop on Twitch and immediately reach tens of thousands every day. Mm -hmm. Bing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do it. And, uh, and then you look at the uh, data, like how, how many people are active gamers and it's something like uh, two thirds of, of the world's population. Now, to be fair, a lot of them are, are on a mobile, but mm -hmm. even that works great. 
because you have a lot of people, you have a lot of mobile ga mobile gamers, and your and your phone also has a camera and a mic. Mm -hmm. and yep. That's and that's perfectly fine. And that's another way to engage with like uh, Kim Kardashian. You know, I might not personally be a fan. There are plenty of fans and she has a, a mobile game. Cool. Play that mobile game that you also own with your fans. Like cool, easy, stream it. Brands would love it and would pay a lot of, mo a lot of money to make it happen. And now you have a platform and a marketplace that allows it to be super structured and protected. You can do it over and over and over again. It's really easy. I think, again, I just think it's such a cool idea. And, and so many people, I, I'm so excited for people to learn about this. And, and once you guys really get everything down and you've brought up the point a couple of times, so now I got to ask the, yeah. the protected, the structured, the security aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I can understand why, but you've harped on it enough. I at least got to ask, like, what is it about sure. this side that you guys are really, really trying to drive home? Sure. So uh, a good comparison is, is like an Uber, right? You could technically uh, be a driver and not use Uber, right? You could hold up a sign on the side of the road or you could post on Craigslist and be like, I'm going to, who wants to get in my car? <laughs> uh, you could do that. And on the off chance that you get some dr some, some drunk person in the back of your car who, you know, destroys the back of your car, you got to kick them out. And you and the and the person says, "I want a a, a a refund, or I'm not satisfied with the service you have provided." And you say, "Well, too bad." Now you have an issue on your hands. Uh, that's the same reason why you would have a marketplace like Shotcall. If you view your car as your channel and you're bringing in the internet to your channel, that's your, your livelihood. That's your brand. Uh, you need a way to have it protected. You're going to have to have, like, you don't, you, you shouldn't just rely on some kind, kind, kind of like a mod who's going to hold now now like fans and customers accountable to a terms of use and to services who's going to hold them accountable who's going to ensure the integrity of that transaction and it doesn't have to be overtly complicated mm -hmm. but it's the same it's the same reason why like if you're going to sell a tickets to a stadium you're not just holding like a hat out and saying, yeah, paying and to go in. You you sell tickets, okay? Mm -hmm. You sell tickets the same way. And you agree to some kind of terms. Um, so it has to be protected. That makes has sense. To, ha, his degree of interaction has to go through a platform like Shotgall. Mm -hmm. And then so with that, usually with a marketplace, you need, especially like something like Cameo, maybe not Cameo, that's not a good example. But most marketplaces, it's kind of like chicken and the egg, like, you need the people to come and buy the product, but you need the product so that the people come. But essentially because you're using, you're allowing everyone to utilize their own audiences. All you really need to do is get the streamers and the influencers, the entertainers, the athletes to come on. How have you guys been going out to, because essentially all they then have to do is be like, Hey, come play with me. Use this marketplace. Here's a link. Like that's yep. as easy as it gets. How have you been trying to do the business development and the marketing to them to get them 
to come on the product or are you trying to do more of a, a push strategy where you're having all their fans go out and be like, Hey, we would really love it if you're on here so we could play with you. Yeah. How have you guys been dealing with that? It's a culmination of both. And I, 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 I don't want to go like too detailed in, all right, yeah. but uh, I will say like uh, our, our team has been involved in this industry and space for many, many, many years. Um, and we have built up some wonderful and lasting relationships in our space for a long, a long time. So it helps to have that. All right. Sounds good. Not giving us any of the secret sauce on that one, but I yeah. completely understand. Uh, what about, I guess, like what, with the with the downtime we'll call it you know as you said you haven't really had any time you you've been working you know nice and hard to you know continue to get this going what exactly are you guys doing in this time especially with i know esports again it's a little weird people don't really understand and i honestly just kind of learned this a couple days ago there really haven't actually been any that many esports that have been going on it's just been a lot of like exhibition and a lot of other stuff like that like especially with the 2k league for example but what have you guys been doing to take advantage of this time where the only game in town is streamers gamers content creators and esports yeah uh it's you know it's like a fine line to walk on uh because like we have to pitch and i do investor relations and Timing is always so critical for startups and companies. So of course you want to talk about how, you know, the timing is obviously ideal for our space, but you don't want to, you, you don't want to give the impression that you are succeeding off of the, the misfortune of others. Right. So it's a, a, a fine line you walk, but, Certainly, we would be hard-pressed hard to deny that, yes, uh, streaming and gaming and people online and game downloads and people engaging online and people f f finally figuring out how to use Zoom and shit like that. Yep. And it's, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a mixed feeling where we, from a business perspective, are like, yeah, this is our time. This yeah. is 100%. Uh, this is it. And it's why like during all kinds of recessions and economic downturns, you see like these, like these true whales, these true like massive companies come out because investor capital gets particularly tight and they want something that can withstand any kind mm -hmm. of a barrier. And so maybe a marketplace that allows for people to engage in a way that's entirely virtual. That sounds like it could stand the test of time. Um, it sounds like it yep. could help right now too. When we, none of us are allowed right. out of our basements really. So exactly. you know, I think that yeah. part of it We're, is pretty important. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super bored. Well, I'm not bored because yeah. I have a lot of work to do, but I know that a lot of people are stuck at home like um, my girlfriend, super bored. All she, all she can do is sit at home and play uh, Animal Crossing. And uh, she would really like to play Animal Crossing with uh, some of her uh, favorite YouTubers. So she is like, could you hurry up 
and uh, like blow this up so mm-hmm. that my favorite YouTubers can get along because I would want to pay because I am super bored. That's and awesome. That would it's, be awesome. And I, and I, 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 and all I could say is I'm moving as, as quickly as I can. I, I assure promise. you. Babe, <laughs> yeah. I promise. Um, but no, I mean, it, again, obviously it's never, it's not like you, you've, you're not happy that others are in this situation, that you're in this situation, sure, that I'm in this situation, but I'm kind of doing the same thing. I don't feel bad that now everyone's at home so I can record 75 podcasts in two months. I'm never going to be able to do this ever again. <laughs> no. Ever in the history yeah. of time will I ever be able, unless I become Joe Rogan and people, people are then reaching out to me and saying, hey, Mike, we'd love to come on, which yeah. I don't think is happening anytime soon. But Pull that, that is the... Cross your fingers, man. Hey, yeah, yeah. Push this to your audience. I promise you. Yeah, that. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Until you know, un- unless something like that happens, I will never be able to. So, taking advantage of what's going on in the in the situation we're in, I don't think is a bad thing. I think you guys have to do it. I think all esports companies and gaming companies, anything revolving around that door, is necessary um, because we're oh, seeing yeah. everybody else. If you can, dude, do it. Why not? And I uh, shout out to and I apologize. It's completely off topic. Has nothing to do with anything. But the person that made the intro and outro song for this. His name's Chris Golan. Uh, his Instagram handle is quite indoors. I think there's an underscore somewhere in there. And him and a bunch of his friends, while stuck in quarantine, they remade the five o'clock uh, theme from Animal Crossing. I think something like that it's called. Yep. And it is incredible. And I'm not going to put it in your show notes because there's nothing to do with you. But anyone out there, go check it out because it was an incredible rendition. They have a dude on electric sax. They have a drummer. He plays awesome. the synth, he plays the guitar, he plays the bass. It's incredible. So that is just kind of a little aside. I loved Animal Crossing growing up. haven't played it in probably like 15 years. But no, man, I mean, take advantage of the time. If you have it, I mean, what are you going to do? Sit on your hands and do nothing? Like, that makes no sense. Like, exactly. I can't make sales for my business, so I'm doing something else. And I'm coming out of this <laughs> quarantine with a book and 100 interviews. That's, That's how right. I'm taking advantage of it. And we'll see what happens. But um, so... With with that, again, with this weird, you know, time we're in and gaming really being at the forefront, obviously, you know, someone like myself, I'm not, I'm going to watch it now, probably not going to watch too much of it when sports come back. And I know it's kind of, you know, we're speculating, but how much of, how many of the people that you think are like myself kind of watching it now will actually stick around? There's going to be some sort of runoff effect. How impactful do you think that will be for your business and really the industry as a whole? Uh, I would first go for, I would first answer when it comes to the industry as a whole, it's going to depend entirely on how smart these celebrities and athletes are because the same way that everyone else is in the same boat that from a struggle comes unique opportunities, same can be said for them. And if they're going to sit on the sidelines, if they're not going to, take this ah opportunity to get really involved and really engaged with their fans. Of course, you're going, you're, you are going to see a substantial drop off. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to tell. There are, I've seen a handful of groups that have been getting like super, super involved and you can look at their data like on Twitch or e- or ESPN and check like like uh, concurrent views is a good way to, to, to see like are people staying on the stream if it's a six hour stream and they peak at eighty thousand CCV but they have an average CCV of four K they're not retaining a whole lot but if the peak and the average is pretty close, 
all right, they might not have as much of a, a drop-off after all of this. They're probably converting real fans. Mm-hmm. And if they can maintain that, if other legacy brands and teams can get involved now and do the same thing that we are doing over here at, at Shotgall, then you shouldn't see too big of a, a drop-off. It's going to come down to who's able to a, execute correctly. As for Shotgall, all we have to do to succeed in the long run, two things have to be true. There has to be influencers or celebrities in the world that pe- that, that people admire. I think that's always going to be the case. Yep. And then people have to want to play games. That number is growing regardless of today's circumstances. So we should do fine regardless of the situation. But yes, the current day circumstances do behoove that uh, cost mm-hmm. of entry into the market is probably going to be at an all-time cheap. So uh, we should get in now. Let's get in now. Awesome, man. I, that's about it for me. Do you have anything else you want to leave us with? I think you were you were perfect. Oh, uh, that's about all I have. Uh, feel Kill. free to come and check us out at uh, shotcall.gg. We're called uh, Shotcall because we want for the fans and influencers to call their shots. Hey. Uh, how they engage. Hey, Bazin. All right. Uh, this and guy. Then, yeah. And then you can also uh, find me on Twitter. At a, I'm pretty sure I'm at the Tom for Tom fours with a, a number that has been my uh, tag and IGN way back since uh, the first Xbox. So look at you, yeah. sticking yeah, around, man. man. And don't yeah. worry, I'll have all that. Everything will be in the show notes. Your personal don't. socials or anything you want. Everything don't. for uh, Shot Call as well. Of course, the website. But uh, Tom, this was yeah. awesome. Tom, Tom Gentle, CEO and founder of Shot Call. Really appreciate your time today, man. Yep, you as well. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode with Thomas. As I said, I think the idea is incredible. Uh, he was so much fun to get to chat with. I thought it was so interesting just get to talk to e- to talk about esports and really the streaming and gaming and influencer market there. I think is just so cool. So make sure to follow Thomas on all of his socials. Everything will be in the show notes. Please make sure to give us a five-star review wherever the heck you're listening. We'd be very grateful for that. And thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes! Yeah.